0: Hello everyone. Chaplain Philip, with you again. I enjoy having long, deep, satisfying conversations with Janelle. She is my soulmate and I love her deeply. Besides, she's the only one who has the patience to put up with my idiosyncrasies and strange little habits. Our favorite time of the day is after I get home from work. We take an hour or so to sit on the back porch, listen to the night sounds and admire the stars in the heavens. It's there that we have some of our best, most fulfilling sharing times. And it doesn't hurt that I love the sound of her voice. Her laugh makes me happy. This is where we share our hearts with each other. We also have some of our best prayer times, praying together over challenges, hopes, fears, and needs. The back porch is a special place. We both look forward to our time together. Conversations with those we love are reflections of how we should talk to God. He loves us even more than our spouses, our children, or our friends. Shouldn't we look forward to our time talking with him and anticipating the experience as much as we love being tuned in with our human loved ones? The Bible is full of prayers. Prayers of the patriarchs, the prophets, and of kings. The prayers of individuals, both great and small, are listed in the sacred pages of Scripture. Jesus' prayers are wonderful examples of his special connection with his Heavenly Father. The apostles prayed. Rich men, poor women, the outcasts, and the forgotten all have prayers recorded in God's Word. Even the heathen, the pagans, and the non-religious prayed, and their petitions are in the Bible as well. Open up your Bible to almost any section, and you'll trip over someone praying to God. And these prayers cover every topic. They touch on every circumstance of life. They underscore the absolutely crucial necessity of humanity reaching out and up to form a connection with the creator of the universe and with the Savior of our world. So, the real question becomes, how should we pray? And what should we pray for? When we reach out to God Almighty, how should we address him, and what should we say? The disciples came to Jesus with this exact same question. The Lord's Prayer, recorded both in Matthew 6 and a shorter version in Luke 11, provide a simple template for how to pray. Essentially, Jesus told them to address God as their Father, bring their needs and struggles to him, ask for all to be done according to God's will, and to pray for God's kingdom to be established on this earth. As I've explored these two examples, it struck me that Jesus' instructions on prayer are really very simple. Number one, talk to God. Recognize that he is your father and that you and he shall have an intimate relationship. Number two, pour out your heart to him. Tell him everything going on in your life. Express your joys, your sorrows, your hopes, your fears, your desires, and your dreams. Number three, confess your sins and ask for his righteousness, and then thank him for cleaning you up again. Number four, express your trust in him. Have faith that he will work in your best interest always, no matter how dark or difficult the situation you are in looks. Number five, express your hope and desire that his kingdom will come and end the tyranny of sin in this world. I'm sure there are many more items I could include here, but these five are sufficient and they cover all the vital areas. Talk to God as to a friend, as to your spouse, as to your lover. Make it intimate, make it personal, and make it often. I've heard of some who, to make it more real to them, place a chair in their line of sight and address God or Jesus as if he were sitting in that chair. For others, a quiet, peaceful place without distractions is more helpful for them as they commune with the creator of the universe, the one who brought them into being. Jesus addressed his heavenly Father using the Greek word Abba, which is translated as daddy. He addressed his father as daddy. Think about what that might mean for you. God loves to hear you talk to him. He'll be right there with you when you pray. At the hospital, when I'm praying with a patient or a family member, I often include in my prayer that God hushes the angels who are singing around his throne so he won't miss a single word we say while we're talking to him. It's a word picture I use to help make the communion with God more real for those joining with me in prayer. When I was growing up, most Bibles used in church were the King James Version. I wasn't introduced to more modern, newer versions using the latest research and sources until I went to college. As a result, most of the prayers I heard in church used these and thous, arts, wouldsts, and couldsts, Many of you can relate to what I'm saying, I'm sure. The problem with this kind of language is that we don't speak that way anymore. The King James Version of the Bible was written in the 1600s using Shakespearean language. So, in many cases, although the words sound poetic and beautiful, the meaning is lost as the reader struggles with the archaic speech patterns. This translates, pun intended, into how we pray. Your spouse would probably look at you sideways and say, Huh? If you started talking to him or her like the following, Hello, mine dearest. Hast thou had a good day? Art thou glad that thine husband or wife beeth home from work? I'm being a little extreme here, I'm sure, to make a point. Talk to God in plain language. Respect him as God, as you would respect a parent, as Jesus did, of course. But talk to him in the language that you use every day. He'll appreciate it, and so will you. The last point I want to make is the listening part of prayer. Janelle has a way of talking with God that invites him to answer while we're praying. It's become a wonderful experience for us both as God impresses us and talks back to us during our prayer time. When you stop to listen for God's response, when you give him opportunity. He'll bring verses to your mind. He'll put thoughts in your head. He really does talk back during prayer. I'm still learning and growing, but prayer time is much anticipated now. I hope that my few thoughts on prayer have piqued your interest in growing your own into a closer, more fulfilling communion with God. If you listen to the praise song This is The Air I Breathe by Michael W. Smith. You'll catch a glimpse of what communion with God will create in your soul. Until next time, I'm Chaplain Philip, and as always, may God bless you today.